homage to the Blessed One, Noble One, the Rightly Self-Awakened One. Homage to the Blessed One, Noble One, the Rightly Self-Awakened One. Homage to the Blessed One, Noble One, the Rightly Self-Awakened One. Welcome and blessings to all of you. Today, we will learn about an important Venerable Elder with the name Venerable Puna. Venerable Puna Mantani Puta was the son of the Brahmin Lady Mantani. He had built goodness since previous dispensations of Buddhas. He had built up great merits as conditions for the attainment of Nibbana. He had been established by the Buddha to have the position of being foremost of all the monks in expounding the Dhamma having intelligence and excellence in giving sermons on the Dhamma. This was due to two reasons. The first reason is that this great disciple had demonstrated his skill in clearly expounding the Dhamma which others could recognize. But the other important reason is that he had this aspiration to attain this position for an an entire 100,000 aeons ever since the era of the Buddha Padumutura, so 100,000 kalpas from then till now. In that era where the Buddha named Padamutura arose, Venerable Puna Mantaniputta was born as the son of a millionaire in a very rich Brahmin family in the city of Hangsawati. He was named Gotama. He was a Brahmin who had learned and memorized all the three Brahmic Vedas and had 500 young men following him. But he reflected that the three Vedas weren't the cause that leads to awakening. He thought that the three Vedas were like a banana tree. On the outside it looked impressive, but on the inside one couldn't find any real substance. Upholding the three Vedas was like eating husk. It had benefits only in the study of art. If he renounced as an ascetic and gained the four divine abidings, he got spiritual power and it didn't degrade. Then after death he could be reborn in the Brahma God realm. With these thoughts he went to the base of a mountain and ordained as an ascetic together with the 500 young men who had been following him. And after he ordained, 18,000 worshippers also became his followers. And the ascetic Gautama gained the five higher knowledges and eight psychic powers, and he taught all his disciples to also gain them likewise. And later, when the ascetic Gautama was already old, the Buddha Padamutura became awakened to become the rightly self-awakened Buddha. He proclaimed and set rolling the excellent Dhamma, and with his 100,000 disciples resided in the city of Hangsawati. One day in the period before dawn, the Buddha surveyed the beings in the world to see who would have the preconditions that would be ripe for the attainment of Arahantship and the Buddha saw that these were the disciples of the ascetic Gotama. And he also saw the aspiration of the ascetic Gotama, who was determined to be foremost of all the monks in expounding the Dhamma in a future dispensation of a Buddha. 
the Buddha, with kindness and compassion, went to the resting place of the ascetic Gautama. He stood there in front of Gautama's resting place. And although the ascetic Gautama didn't know that a Buddha had arisen, but when he saw the Buddha standing there, he knew that this must be someone who was liberated from the world. It is like the physical body of the Buddha was the ultimate manifestation which was imbued with the characteristics of the great being. That is, if he was a householder, he would become a world-turning monarch. Or if he left to ordain, he would become a rightly self-awakened Buddha. So the ascetic Gautama paid his respects to the Buddha and said, O Venerable One, please take a seat and set out a seat for him. The Tathagata sat and taught the Dhamma to the ascetic Gautama. And at that time, all the ascetic Gautama's disciples had come back from picking fruit for their consumption. They were going to give the best fruits to their teacher first, and the remaining they would eat. And they saw the Buddha sitting on a higher seat, and their teacher seated on a lower seat. They discussed amongst themselves that they thought in this world, there is no one higher than our teacher, but today this individual lets our teacher sit on a lower seat, and he sits on a higher seat. Is this human that high? Here they came in with their baskets, and the ascetic Gotama was afraid that the ascetics would pay respects to him. So he said to all of them, Don't give your respects to me. This individual is someone who is the highest in all the worlds, together with the Dewa realms. It is appropriate for you to give your respects to him. You should respect him. The ascetics thought to themselves that if their teacher didn't know, he wouldn't say this. So they gave their respects to the Lord Buddha. And the ascetic Gautama said to all of them that we have no other vessel that is worthy of offering the Buddha. So we will offer the best fruits from this forest. So he selected the most ripe fruits and put them in the bowl of the Buddha. After the Buddha had consumed the fruits and all the ascetics had eaten after, the Buddha told his two chief disciples to take 100,000 disciples to come here. And Venerable Maha Vimala Thera had the thought, where did the Buddha go? And he found out that the Buddha had asked him to come to him. And so he went with the 100,000 monks to the Buddha and they paid their respects to the Buddha. And the ascetic said to his disciples that they had nothing else to give as an offering and that the Sangha would be tired to remain standing. So they spread a seat of flowers for the Sangha with the Buddha at its head. After they had finished spreading the seat of flowers, the ascetic Gotama gave his Anjali before the Buddha and asked the Blessed One, May you take a seat of flowers for our benefit. The Buddha sat on the seat of flowers, and after the Buddha was seated, the two chief disciples and the rest of the Sangha sat on the seat. The Buddha entered Niroda Samapati, the state of extinction, with the purpose that it would be of great benefit to the ascetics. The chief disciples and the rest of the Sangha knew that the Buddha had entered Niroda Samapati, so they followed by entering it as well. The ascetic Gotama stood holding flowers for an entire seven days. The other ascetics finished eating the forest fruits and then stood in Anjali for the seven days. When the Buddha left, 
Niroda Samapati, he saw all the ascetics standing there, so he called the venerable Arahant disciple who was foremost in giving the Dhamma and said, Bhikkhu, these ascetics have done a great veneration. You should give the Dhamma as an Anumodana to them. So the monk received the instruction and contemplated the Tripitaka, gave his Anumodana and ended the talk. Then the Buddha gave a verse with his splendor and power. After the Dhamma talk, all 18,000 ascetics attained to becoming Arahants, except for Gotama. He couldn't see clearly into the Dhamma. He asked the Buddha, Blessed one, whose name is the monk who gave the sermon in your dispensation? The Blessed One said, Gotama ascetic, this is the monk that is foremost out of all the monks in expounding the Dhamma in my dispensation. The ascetic Gotama made the determination that by the result of the merit that he had done for the whole of the seven days, may I become the highest out of all the monks in expounding the Dhamma in a dispensation of a future Buddha, just like this named monk. The Blessed One surveyed whether the aspiration of the ascetic Gotama would succeed or not. So the Buddha made the prediction that in 100,000 aeons there will be a Buddha, Gotama, that will arise and you will be the foremost of all the monks in giving Dhamma sermons in that dispensation. Then in the dispensation of our Buddha, Puna was born in a Brahmin family in the house of a Brahmin named Dona Watu, not far from the city of Kapalawatu. His relatives called him Puna. And what was important here was that Puna was the nephew of the Venerable Anya Kodanya. After Venerable Anya Kodanya attained to becoming an Arahant, he wanted to seek solitude and so retired to live on the banks of the Chanta Tanta Daha close to the river Mandakini Bogakarani. It is a place where all the Pacheka Buddhas go, and he was worthy of this residence, being one of the great disciples of the Buddha, praised by all the Dewas and humans. And Venerable Anya Kodanya was the one to teach his nephew Puna to attain to Arahantship. Before he was going to enter seclusion in the forest, he contemplated whether there was anything he had to do before. He saw that if his nephew Puna ordained, he would be the foremost in expounding the Dhamma in this dispensation. So he went to the district of the Brahman Dona Watu, which was also his birthplace, and he had his nephew ordain under him. And after ordaining, Puna put forth effort and practiced all the monastic duties. Later, he thought he wanted to go to where the Buddha was residing, together with his uncle, Venerable Anya Kodanya. And so they rested near the city of Kapalawatu. And Venerable Anya Kodanya left Puna there in the city of Kapalawatu. And Puna practiced wise reflection, developed insight, and after no long time attained arahantship, together with all the six special knowledges and four analytical knowledges. And this venerable elder was important as he taught the venerable Ananda to be attained to Sodapana. He taught on contentment, of being of few wishes and of impermanence. He asked venerable Ananda if form, feeling, 
perception, mental formations, consciousness, are permanent or impermanent? Venerable Ananda answered that they are impermanent. When Venerable Ananda said that they are impermanent, it became clear to Venerable Ananda and he saw the Dhamma. Venerable Puna Mantaniputta was also the teacher of many other monks, monks in the Saka region. There was Venerable Karutayi, Venerable Nanda, Venerable Rahula, Venerable Megiya, Venerable Nagita, Venerable Maha Utayi, and later on, Venerable Upali Patiya, Venerable Anuruddha, Venerable Ananda, Venerable Baku, Venerable Kimpaila, and others. Venerable Puna Mantaniputta, however he practiced, that is how he taught his disciples, and he had 500 direct disciples. And there was a time when his disciples went to pay respects to the Buddha at the city of Rajagaha. The Buddha asked, where are you from? They said, from the city of Kapalawatu. Whose disciples are you? We are the disciples of Venerable Puna Mantaniputta. He had taught Dhamma that the Buddha had heard of his name. The Buddha, out of kindness and compassion, wanted to meet with Puna Mantani, so he travelled to the city of Sawati. Here, Venerable Puna Mantaniputta knew that the Buddha had travelled here, so he quickly went from Kapalawatu to pay homage to the Buddha at Sawati city. Here, after the Venerable Elder had paid respects to the Buddha, he went to go meditate in seclusion in the forest close by. Venerable Sariputta Tera had heard the fame of this monk who was the foremost in giving Dhamma sermons. And it is normal that the wise people want to meet those who are also wise. They want to have a discussion with them. So he went to where Venerable Mantaniputta was to discuss on the Dhamma. He asked him a question on Dhamma and Venerable Puna gave the Dhamma beautifully and excellently. And Venerable Sariputta praised him that it was the merit of all his spiritual companions to be close to him. He gave the Dhamma beautifully. What is your name, Venerable? They call me Puna Mantani Puta. Here, Puna Mantani Puta asked back, And you, Auso, what is your name? This world at that time had no smartphone, no communications, sharing information, the picture and image of each venerable monk who had fame, who could give the Dhamma, who were excellent, who were the left and right hand chief disciples of the Buddha. What the monks looked like, they didn't know. They didn't know because each monk practiced with restraint and kept to themselves. Here, Venerable Sariputta Tera said, My name is Upatissa. My friends call me Sariputta, following my mother's name. Just that much, Venerable Punatmantaniputta said, Oh, he was discussing Dhamma with the Dhamma Senapadi, the marshal of the Dhamma the one who could give Dhamma on behalf of the Lord Buddha himself. He said, If I knew I was giving Dhamma to Venerable Sariputta Tera, I wouldn't dare to give any Dhamma. I wouldn't have anything to say. So he praised that it is the merit of his spiritual companions to all the monks who are close to the Dhamma Senapadi, the right-hand chief disciple of the Lord Buddha. 
Both were excellent in Dhamma. They were arahants. They had no conceit, no ego. Venerable Sariputta didn't call Mantaniputta over saying that he was the chief disciple. That is a position the Buddha gave, but his heart had no defilements. He walked to go find Puna Mantaniputta. Here we can contemplate this as Dhamma, of the contentment, of being of few wishes, and the humbleness of someone purified of the mental defilements already. We can take this to practice in our daily life, and then we will have prosperity. We do our duties at work, as a staff member or worker, and we should be humble. But even if we are the leader, the biggest there, we are humble. We have kindness and compassion to our workers. Then this will make our work and duties in our company prosper. This is because all organizations rely on harmony. Harmony from those who lead and harmony from those who are the workers. When everyone practices this, then there will only be prosperity. May you grow in blessings.